0: Welcome to Oikos. Are you guys excited to be here this morning? Awesome, awesome. We are in this series called New Beginnings. We're actually engaging together in a walk through the Old Testament this year. And so we are asking you to sign up for daily readings. So if you haven't done that, go ahead and you can find that just on our website. Just click on um, the daily readings. You'll click on it. You'll see a way to sign up and you'll get an email daily just kind of going through it. There are other means as well. If you don't really like having your inbox full of emails, you can sign up for a paper format. If you want a PDF format so that you can just download it and look at it on your own leisure, you can do that as well. There's several ways to do it, but I really encourage you, if you have not yet done it, to get on this reading plan with us. So as we talk about a part of the reading each Sunday, you can kind of reflect back and go, oh yeah, I read that on Tuesday or Wednesday and this is what I kind of heard the Lord saying to me and now I'm hearing Pastor Aaron talk about it on Sunday. And maybe it's just gonna affect your heart a little bit more and help you respond even bolder. How many of you are on the reading plan? Oh, it's growing. It's growing. Pretty soon we're gonna see all the hands raised except for one and then you're gonna be like, Oh, man, I didn't do it yet. All right, so that's my goal. I'm going to keep asking, and hopefully I'm going to see more and more hands each Sunday. So this new beginnings this week, we're still in Genesis, and we're going to be going to chapters 12, 13, and 14. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up. There should be a Bible beside you. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can also go online. We do have a public Wi-Fi, and you can get online that way as well. So Genesis chapter 12. When we are looking at this portion of Scripture, there are two words that come to mind. And as I looked at this, this really pressed in on me that risk and generosity were two things that Abraham knew well. Risk and generosity, two things that I think that Abraham knew were essential as he listened and followed the Lord, two things that I believe the Lord is speaking to us as well, that risk And generosity are important as we follow Jesus. So Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. And then continuing in verse 4, So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. So where Haran is located is in present-day southern Turkey. How many of you know where Turkey is? So that's pretty good. So you know Turkey is in the Middle East, just north of saudi arabia so where all this stuff is going on iran saudi arabia iraq just kind of go up a little bit like this and you got turkey turkey is that big old peninsula and if you don't know where turkey is you're just going Mm "Mm-hmm, yep (laughs) keep talking turkey he was in southern turkey area and then he he took the call of the lord at 75 just how many 75 year olds do we have? You don't have to raise your hand. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I'm 41. And I'm thinking, would I want to leave everything at 41 and just go, I heard the Lord. He asked me to leave, He gave me a promise but I'll leave it all behind and trust I will risk everything and trust that he is right. I really want us to just kind of settle in on that because I think sometimes we look at a story of Abram and we just go, well, that doesn't happen. But the Lord, I believe, speaks to us each and every day. And many times he's asking us to risk something so that we can trust more in him. So where is God calling you to risk something for him? Now you may not have something, and that's okay. Or you may even look at that and go, you know, honestly, I don't even want to think about that. So I'm going to go on Clash of Clans right now. Okay? You don't even know what Clash of clans is? So when does? I'm going to go on, on words with friends. How's that? And I'm going to do that for a little bit because I don't know if I even want to approach this question, but today in the message, this is what we're going to be talking about. Where is God calling you to risk something for Him? C.S. Lewis said that only a real risk tests the reality of a belief. Only a real risk will test the reality of a belief. So many of us, you probably know someone that says, I believe in Jesus. How many of you know someone that says, I believe in Jesus? Now, think about all those people that you have contacted that said, I believe in Jesus, and then pose this question Where is Jesus asking you to risk something for him, to that person? You will find that many people will go, I really don't like risk. Especially not necessarily for someone I cannot see. And where I'm not sure I'm going to have a real good return. But I believe that he is inviting us all today because you're here today. You're here today to worship the Lord who has died and risen again. You are here to worship the one who took a great risk on you. And so I'm asking, what has the Lord invited you into that requires even taking a risk? A friendship that you're not sure about? that you feel in your gut, that the Lord is saying, talk about me. I know we've all been there. We have this good friend who doesn't necessarily follow Jesus. And in our gut, we feel like we should say something about Jesus and what he has done in our life. But we pause. How many have been there with me? I've done it, in fact, I don't know how many times I have something in my gut that I go, you need to go say something to this person. And it can be anywhere. It can be at target often, a stranger. It can be in a line where we're waiting and it's the clerk that doesn't know how to clerk. (laughs) And in my gut, the Lord is telling me you need to say something. You need to ask what's going on in their life. And I'm like, well, I could think of other things to say other than that. But in those moments, the Lord is asking me to risk, to risk either being embarrassed, to risk my own feelings because I want to be angry. So he's saying, put those aside and risk not being angry right now. Take a risk on me and see if I'll show you a blessing. And I can testify that every time, except for the times that I've forgotten, every time I've taken a risk that in my gut I know the Lord is asking me to take, I have seen great blessing. We only risk because we believe in Jesus. So I'm not asking you to risk something on someone else. So if Adrian goes, hey, take a risk on me, give me all your money, and I'm going to show you some great blessing. I'm not saying anything about his banking skills. But I only risk things because Jesus has asked me to. I only risk things that I know are centered in scripture. I only risk where I know the Lord has already said, come and follow me. Because I know there's a good, good return when I follow Jesus. I know that because I know that Jesus risked everything to go into the darkness, into our darkness, into your darkness into my darkness, to expose light and to call me into a better life with him, to call you into a better life with him, to call this world into a new beginning in him. And if he can do that for me, perhaps when I get the gut feeling that I need to do something for him in response, I'll do it. Every new beginning requires a risk. If you wanna take any notes today, which I never require you to take notes, but if you're gonna take notes, write this down. Every new beginning requires a risk. Just think about it. Every new beginning that you did in your life, that you have done in your life, has required some kind of risk. Getting married, Everyone that's married, it requires a risk, right? Some of us get married when we're really young and maybe we don't even think about it. But later on, we look and we go, hmm, that was risky. (laughs) I'm not so sure about that guy. Other of us, like myself, I got married when I was 29. I knew it was risky. (laughs) So I contemplated, and I thought, and I used all logic until my sister said, you're stupid. <laughs> if you don't, take her, because you're not going to get a better offer. <laughs> so I risked, I risked it all, but boy did I gain it all. Every new beginning requires a risk. It just depends on whether you're willing to take it. I bet several of us would like a new beginning in something today. How many of you would like a new beginning in something today? Um, Just those of you that did not raise your hands, are you sure you don't want a new beginning in something? Are you telling me your life is like, whew, perfect? I don't need anything. I'm just good. Everyone in here, know, you know in, the, in your heart you want something different. You want something that's dead to come alive. You want something that's dark to be exposed to light. You want something that you can't shake off to be taken off. You want a new beginning somewhere. And so the Lord often calls us to take a risk. Paul actually commends taking a risk. He does it with a, not a well-known figure in the Bible, but Paul writes his name out, and he says, this guy, he takes risks for the kingdom, and he needs to be commended for it. It's in Philippians chapter 2, verses 25. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Ephroditus back to you. He's a true brother, co-worker, a fellow soldier, and he is your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you. He was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died, but God had mercy on him. And also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know that you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him in the Lord's love with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do, From far far away. Philippians chapter 2, verse 25 through 30. Paul commends when you risk not just your status, not just your money, not just your homeland, not just your family, but your life. Now, I know that many of us, when we go, going to be one of these days. The sermon is going in this direction. I don't know if I want to hear this because risk my life? Let's just dig into that a little bit. Ask yourself this question, when was the last time you risked something for Jesus? Just think through, when was the last time you kind of had something that you're like, well, I'm not sure if I should do this, but I believe Jesus is asking me to do this, so I'm going to do it. When was the last time? If it's been a long time, I'm going to really encourage you to look for an opportunity this week to risk something for Jesus. For some of you, he may ask you to risk your life. Maybe he'll ask you to stop and help someone. He's being hurt. Or maybe he'll ask you to go over to your neighbor's house that you're unsure about because there's a lot of stuff going on over there that doesn't seem too good. Maybe he'll ask you to talk to your parents who don't believe in Jesus, but it could make you lose your full inheritance and you need to tell them a little bit about the Lord who saved you. I don't know what he'll ask you to risk, but he asked Hey Woo to risk everything. And Hey Woo did exactly that. So we're going to take a look at this story of a lady named Hey Woo who lived in North Korea. And she was called upon by Jesus to risk something. So let's take a look. So as we continue the story of Abram. He took a risk by leaving his country at 75 years old and left his family and his friends behind, dragging along with him his nephew lot to start in a new land. Now he had risked a great deal, but his risk continued. And as he risked more and more things, he became more and more Generous as well. In verse 1 in chapter 13, it says, So Abram left Egypt and traveled north to the Negev with his wife and Lot and all that they owned. But the land could not support both Abram and Lot with all their flocks and herds living so close together. So disputes broke out between the herdsmen of Abram and Lot. At that time, Canaanites and Pezzerites were also living in the land. Finally, Abram said to Lot, let's not allow this conflict to come between us and our herdsmen. After all, we are close relatives. The whole countryside is open to you. Take take your choice of any section of the land you want, and we will separate. If you want the land to the left, then I'll take the land to the right. If you prefer the land to the right, then I'll go to the left. Lot took a long look at the fertile plains of the Jordan Valley in the direction of Zoar. The whole area was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord or the beautiful land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot chose for himself the whole Jordan Valley to the east of them. He went there with his flocks and servants and parted company with his uncle Abram. So Abram settled in the land of Canaan, And Lot moved his tents to a place near Sodom and settled them on the cities of the plain. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Abram had faith to trust in God with all that he owned. He was willing to be generous. See, he was a patriarch. So Lot wasn't the one that should have had the choice of the land. But Abram stepped back in a posture of humility and said, To his nephew, not his son, his nephew, you choose. I have every right to have whatever piece of land I want, but today I'll let you choose, and I'll step in behind you. He's generous, not looking out for himself. I ask, is Jesus speaking to your heart today? Is he inviting you to take a risk a risk to represent, to represent him through your generosity. Taking a risk of being generous are two characteristics of Abram. We see this played out later by him not only risking his possessions, but actually risking his life. Where they settled in Canaan had a bunch of warlords, who had their own little positions of authority. And they wanted to take people out, especially this one who is really powerful. And he did exactly that. And Lot was one of those that he took out and captured and took all of his stuff. Abraham decides that that was not a good thing to leave his nephew in captivity. And so he risks his own life and his own men and because of that, his possessions as well, and sets off to go get his nephew Lot. This is in chapter 14, starting in verse 14. When Abram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he mobilized 318 trained men who had been born into his household. Then he pursued Ketador Lamar army until he caught up with them at Dan. There he divided his men and attacked during the night. Ketador Lamar... Laomor army fled, but Abraham chased them as far as Hobah, north of Damascus. Abram recovered all the goods that had been taken, and he brought back his nephew Lot with his possessions, and all the women and other captives. After Abram returned from his victory over Cador the and all his allies, the king of Sodom went out to meet him in the valley of Sheba, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek the king of Salem and the priest of God Most High brought Abram some bread and wine. Melchizedek blessed Abram with this blessing. Blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High who has defeated your enemies for you. Then Abram gave Melchizedek a tenth of all the goods he had recovered. The king of Sodom said to Abram, give back my people who were captured. But you may keep for yourself all the goods you have recovered. Abram replied to the king of Sodom, I solemnly swear to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take so much as a single thread or sandal thong from what belongs to you. Otherwise you might say, I am the one who made Abram rich. I will accept only what my young warriors have already eaten, and I request that you will give a fair share of the goods to my allies, Anner, Eshkol, and Mamre, So how's God inviting you to take a risk for him? To be generous for him. In the story of Abram, we get to see that the Lord is inviting us to step into a risk that is worth taking. We sometimes want to have self-preservation and we want to try to figure out how can we keep what we want and hold on to it. But what the Lord calls us to actually do is to live with open hands. And the moment that we start to open up our hands and realize the Lord freely gives and freely takes away is the moment that I will tell you you will have a new beginning in him. The moment you live with open hands and realize the Lord will freely give and freely take away is the moment you'll have a new beginning in him. The moment that you'll stop going, I can't give, I can't be generous because I'm too concerned about self-preservation. I'm too concerned about making rent. I'm sure we've all been there. I'm too concerned about making my car payment. I'm sure we've been there. I'm too concerned about going shopping. A few of us have been there. I'm too concerned about buying the latest thing or my phone that I absolutely need. I'm sure we've been there. Or I do give, but I'm not generous. We've been there too, or at least I have. Give just enough that it's not a risk. Have you ever done that? You don't have to raise your hands, but I'll raise my hand for us giving just enough so it's not a risk. But if we want to walk in the shoes of Abraham, we live with open hands and we risk it all. If we walk in the shoes of Abraham, we say that living by taking a risk on what the Lord says to us and being generous with everything that we have is what the Lord is asking us to do. And as we do that, we represent him. We represent a people who are not concerned about how much I can hold on to, but instead want to be a blessing to the world. And I believe in all of our hearts here, whether, you are, whether you've ever given a dime to church or to a community of faith, or you've given thousands of dollars, We have a desire in our heart that we do want to be generous. Now, some of us, the desire might be like this big, while others, it's like this big. But even this big, the Lord has enough room to work and say, unclench those hands, because you are living in slavery to money, and it's got a hold on you. you are preoccupied, you are worried, you are stressed out. And I'm whispering to you, be generous. And you will have freedom and a new beginning. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us to trust in you so that we'd welcome taking a risk for you and for your kingdom. Give us faith that is stronger than the worries that assault us. Help us not to give in to our own self-preservation, so much so that we forget that you are our sole provider. Lord, help us to remember that you provide much more than we could ever earn, that you provide much more than we could ever risk, So help us to lean in on that, Lord, as we risk for you. Help us to see the freedom of living generously. Allow us to live with open hands, not hands that try to grab and hold on to the world in which we live. Give each of us an opportunity to represent you this week by being generous with someone. Invite each of us to trust you more as we give back to you. When we give you what, we have, what you've given us, we'll see a breakthrough in our own financial worries, Lord. All those worries that have been coming through can be released. All those financial challenges that we see before us, Lord, as we are generous, they will become lesser. And all the threats, the financial threats that we see or worry about can disappear in simply opening our hands and hearing your call to be generous. Lord, we pray that we would live a life where you lead us into giving and not taking. Lead us into a life that focuses on your son and not on the things that will waste away. Help us to reprioritize our lives so that we can follow you more and more each day. Lord, if we are like, hey, woo, And we follow that example, that even in the worst circumstance, we still yearn to hear your voice. And when we hear it, we respond. So Lord, even in the times that are tough, help us to hear your voice, take the risk that you have placed before us, and to live like Abram. And Lord, in the worst circumstances, may we not be so focused on ourselves that we stop being generous. Call us into this new beginning. In your name we pray. Amen.